Okay, Elle, I have great news. We are taking another IUL virtual road trip, baby. We have another Disney episode on our hands, and this is a creepy one. We're going into the depth of Disney itself to explore the abandoned and scary theme parks that are just completely left to rot. A little throwback to our Buzzy episode, one might say. I hate putting left to rot and buzzy in the same sentence. That is so horrifying, (laughs) our boy Buzzy. But I do love a Disney episode. This is what? This is our third? Yeah. I'm interested to see if we can get creepier than no one dies at Disney because that was legitimately frightening. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your evidence expert, uh, Mouseketeer number two today, to my number one co-host. And I am Eleanor, your stubborn skeptic. I I think today I want to be Donald. Okay. I've been relating to my duck lately. I think he's my favorite, like, classic Disney character. Like, no pants. No pants. Little duck man. Exactly. Big shirt, no <laughs> pants. Typically, I'm a big pants, tiny shirt girl. But for today... <laughs> Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might scare ourselves into staying up all night. Come along to Disney with us, guys. Today's episode kind of started out as me wanting to find evidence of haunted Disney parks. There are two major parks that have been abandoned by Disney. That phrase in itself is sort of weird to say, I think, abandoned by Disney. Like, do 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 do. Like, it just sounds so weird. They put so much money and time into everything. So, the idea that they would ever abandon an entire theme park, a little weird. That's the thing. Like, a massive Disney failure that's inconceivable on like a scale like this. That's exactly what I said when I was looking over the script yesterday was that like, that's why it's so creepy because it's so inconceivable that a Disney park would fail. Yes. Well, when you go to Magic Kingdom, they're perfect. They're so crowded. They're packed. There isn't a single sign of trash. Nothing is wrong. So to imagine that sort of perfection turning into like a derelict, abandoned, overgrown situation, very bizarre, complete opposites. The two major parks that have been abandoned by Disney are River Country and Discovery Island. I will say, until this recording, I thought they were the exact same thing. I thought so, too. I thought that they were the same park. I feel like we've watched videos about them together, a couple of these abandoned parks, and I felt the same way. But maybe they just, well, you'll tell me, maybe they were abandoned near the same time. Very similar. Hit me with it. Yeah, it's a very similar thing. Like they used each other's water, like it was very close to each other. So it makes sense why they seemed like the same thing. But both of their kind of like failures were catastrophic to say the absolute least. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. 
So River Country in Florida opened in 1976. It was Disney's first ever water park and it was closed and eventually completely abandoned in 2002. There were some like logistical challenges with the park. We could probably sit here all day and theorize like, why did it close? Why did it fail? Mm -hmm. But in terms of what we can kind of look at right now, you had to get to the park by riding the Fort Wilderness Railroad, which shut down in 1990. It also only held 5,000 guests. A 5,000 guest capacity for a Disney park? She's teeny. Teensy, teensy, tiny. So River Country closed in 2002 with zero statement from Disney. And it was just left there until it slowly started being taken away. This is where I got River Country and Discovery Island mixed up. Because in my head, I was like, oh, I can see those photos. I can see the abandoned Disney water park photos. And it's so creepy. But this one isn't as dramatic as Discovery Island. I feel like the Discovery Island photos where somebody did like an urban exploration trip and went in and took photos, like those are ingrained in our heads. But all that's really left today of River Country is the main pool and the River Country water tower. When you say that Disney closed River Country without a statement, Mm -hmm. was it legitimately you could buy tickets for it one day and then the next day it was just wiped off the map like what did that look like i can't imagine i mean i guess this was before the tweeter but now that would obviously be at the very least like a disney tweet i can't imagine them just not announcing this park was no more so here's the thing and i hope i'm remembering this correctly basically what people have said before and i don't know if i again i'm mixing up discovery island and river country but i have to imagine this was similar Mm mm-hmm Water parks are not open year round. Even in Florida, they're not open year round. They do close in the winter. So I think it closed. It was set to reopen in summer of 2002. And it just didn't. Right. There are a lot of theories about why exactly River Country closed. And I think it's probably like an amalgamation of so many different things. Like, I mean, the railroad that took you over there closed in the 90s. Obviously, the park remained open for a while after that. People had to use a tram and the tram was a lot slower. It was a lot bigger. You could take more people on it, but it wasn't like this experience. It wasn't this fun little train ride anymore. It was a chore and it was a chore that took a really long time just to get to a water park. So there's probably a multitude of reasons why River Country failed. However, there are some weird circumstances surrounding the park. I was wondering when we'd get into the IU wellness, (laughs) like Rip River Country. When would we get into the internet urban legend of this? Bring me the death and destruction. (laughs) Well, listen, is that great foreshadowing for what I'm about to say about a brain-eating amoeba? Mm, Perhaps not. (laughs) So I kid you not. There was a brain-eating amoeba in the river country water. This is not a theory. This is not like an urban legend. This is a fact. This is real. This is a thing that killed an 11-year-old in 1980. Stop. I know. Bonafide from river country. Like, he got it from the Disney Lazy River. Oh, my God. Or she, I guess. That's really sad. But back to where no one dies at Disney. He didn't die on Disney property, so no one dies at Disney. I was going to ask. So this 11-year-old passed away in 1980, uh, which is really sad, but also like just true. Like it's not like an urban legend that was made up. It's documented. It's a thing. He contracted amoebic Munningawan cephalitis. That's a big word for this tiny little brain. 
Did Disney ever address the fact that he got it from River Country or she got it from River Country? Did they ever make any kind of statement? Did the parents come out and say they got it from River Country? How do we know that they were related? Like, it could be true that obviously this child did have this thing. That's true. But how do we know that it's from River Country? So they've never really made a statement. They've never addressed it the way that Disney does. Really, these allegations are coming from the parents and the doctors who unfortunately oversaw um, the passing of this young boy. I think that with this literal brain-eating amoeba, it does live in the water. So I think they just made an educated guess. And there's some stuff that we'll talk about a bit later with Discovery Island that might conclude that it wasn't back from Disney. But that's just what they think. Mm-hmm. I think that honestly, like their silence kind of lends itself to the internet hysteria. I think that by not coming out and saying, we're so sorry that this 11 year old boy died, but look, here are samples of the water that totally don't show brain eating amoebas. You look a lot more guilty when you say nothing, mm-hmm. you know? Have they ever been sued? Like how are they not sued into oblivion? They have to have been, but I'm sure that there's so many clauses. You know how like when we do an escape room, we have to sign a waiver that's like, if you die in this escape room, we are not liable. Surely there are so many fine prints that it's like, if you so much as breathe Disney air, you are agreeing that they are not liable. Even with all the clauses, a brain-eating amoeba seems like a suable offense, right? It doesn't seem like that would be a clause in any contract you sign to go to Disney. Like That's like a cast member murdering you. It's like, you can still sue Disney. <laughs> like... At some point, it is their responsibility. It's so interesting that seemingly none of it has ever fallen on them. I know. Something really interesting that I found in my research, once again, neither of them died on the property, but there were two drownings in the 80s in River Country. Two drownings for a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old. I don't remember. Remind me of this. Did we ever figure out how many people, obviously the answer is zero, but how many people had actually died at Disney? Because every single time we hear about anybody, it's shocking to me. I know, no, I I don't think that we've ever gotten a head count. I think that the number is inconceivable because it's a theme park. So of course, you know, people are uh, spending a lot of time there. They have high capacities. The odds are something's going to happen, whether it's an accident, natural causes, underlying conditions, something is going to allegedly, potentially happen at Disney. People are going to get sick or pass away. The sheer small capacity just leads me to think that River Country is the deadliest, right? It's scary. I, ugh. right? Also the fact that they weren't like five and six. These were like teenagers, 13 and 14 years old. Yeah. You haven't convinced me of the haunting, but something sus was happening at River Country. I think it's just a haunted history for today. Let's be totally transparent. Up next, let's head to Discovery Island, which in my opinion is a bit more disturbing. And this abandoned park gets really, really creepy. Next up, we're going to talk about Discovery Island. Again, I always thought these were the same park. So Discovery Island was a tropical paradise with rare and exotic species of animals and plants that was utterly abandoned in 1998. Now, this park opened in 1974, while River Country opened in 76. So they were really like not only very close to each other, but it's crazy to think that two parks that were started at the same time. Mm hmm. 
But Discovery Island was eventually abandoned in 98, and it was originally pirate-themed and named Treasure Island. It had shipwrecks, treasures, and caves, but was eventually renamed to Discovery Island two years later because they kind of wanted to turn it into like a wildlife refuge of sorts. Wanted to focus on the animals, wanted to focus on the wildlife, sort of like bring the zoo into Disney. And I think that that definitely sparked an idea because one of the biggest logistical challenges of Discovery Island was that Animal Kingdom was then open in 1998. This was much bigger, and they of course started to ship their animals over from Discovery Island. Not all the animals from Discovery Island. We'll get to that later. Foreshadowing, oh no. (laughs) They started to be shipped over to Animal Kingdom, and Discovery Island was literally just left to rot. Were there rides? On Discovery Island? Was it a water park or was it quite literally like a walk around zoo? It looks like a walk around zoo. Like in the photos that I've seen, it's like there are like bridges hanging over big trees and stuff, very jungly. I think that there were like attractions, but not really any rides as far as I could tell. Okay. It was also a half day attraction. Like you're fully committing to a day at Discovery Island. It's not like being able to hop around at like Walt Disney World, you know, where you can go through the different parks or even Disneyland where you can just walk from park to park. For Discovery Island, it was only accessible by ferry and the ferry only ran like twice a day. So you are stuck there. Like when you went, you were there for like half a day, baby. Like welcome to Discovery Island for six hours. There are tons of theories, of course, about why it closed. One of the biggest is that people believe, and this has never been proven, but people believe that the same brain-eating amoeba was destroying their water as well. Now, the proof behind this is that Discovery Island was very close to river country. And also, they shared water with Discovery Island. They were like pulling from the same water source. Is there any indication that it was actually there? other than it having the same water? Because by the time this park closed, wasn't uh, the the other park still open for years afterwards? Like, because a brain-eating amoeba doesn't seem like it would destroy water. It would destroy brains. So if we have no evidence of that, how do we know it was there? That's a great point. And to that point, I have no answer. People just think that the brain-eating amoeba continued to persist. But yes, River Country was open four more years after Discovery Island. Sheesh, this was a hard time for Disney. Discovery Island has a lot of photos online, a ton of evidence, mostly thanks to one urban explorer that we'll talk about in a minute. And I think we've all seen the photos. At least I have. I remember Googling like creepy Disney or something and like all of these photos of this abandoned theme park I'd never heard of coming up. One of my favorite YouTube channels is Bright Sun Films, which we have certainly watched together. They are really interesting. They'll do like videos on abandoned malls and theme parks and just think anything that could be abandoned. But on Bright Sun Films video about Discovery Island, they showcase that to this day, the lights remain active, service buildings still have their lights on too, and it just literally just looks like it's ready to open again at any time. That's so weird. I really wonder why. It doesn't seem like there would be any financial reason to keep the park. Because obviously, like you said, we've all seen the photos. We've seen the videos. This place is beyond derelict. Like you could not, it would take obviously years and years and years if they ever wanted to reopen it. And I, I doubt they do for any reason. So it is bizarre that like, you know, they're keeping up conventions like, music and lights that do nothing to maintain the property. 
Like, if they're going to put a little effort into Discovery Island, wouldn't you want to, like, you know, keep it kind of contained if you ever wanted to use the island again? Outside of letting the music, the theme music, still run in the park, I guess I could make the argument that they probably have security on site, so, like, leaving on the lights would make sense. Mm -hmm. But it's been decades. It's been over 20 years since the park closed down. Why have you not torn down the structures? Why are you leaving the lights on? Mm -hmm. What is there possibly left to do here? Now, Shane Perez is that kind of infamous blogger that I've talked about before who, of course, illegally went to the island. He photographed it and blogged about it. (laughs) Do I recommend it? No. Am I going to do it? No. Am I sitting here condoning it or endorsing it? No. However, I am thankful he did. Somebody had to do it and he took the L, baby. So I'm sure he's banned from every Disney park. Like, (laughs) absolutely can't go. I'm sure that there were so many repercussions for that. But his photographs really showcase the neglect that Disney not only put onto these animals, but also onto the park itself. He saw that there were, of course, abandoned buildings, bottles with snakes. Okay. Think like um, preserved jars of oddities almost, which I don't really know if that was part of the theme park or not. These these sort of like preserved snakes. It seems a little weird, but also there were still animals on the island, like animals that should not have been there. As in Disney left animals there, allegedly, supposedly. Like on video? In photo, he captured these animals that certainly should not have been there. Think like parrots and alligators and... That's like online? Yeah. Pictures of animals still at Discovery Island? What? I have to look into this. I think there are still vultures there. Like, it's very, very, very weird. And you could certainly... I'm sure that there has to be some wildlife there, but the animals that he was photographing should not have been there. That's horrible. I'm interested to see... What comes in like a decade's time when surely someone else is going to urban explore their way onto Discovery Island Mm -hmm. and what they'll see then? That's true. I wonder if Disney will ever reuse the property. They still have it. I do too. I wonder if they could get away with it with all the bad press and all of this stuff that's out online now. Like, I don't know. I think that it's interesting. I think it's niche. I think our knowledge of Disney is like, not that we're super knowledgeable about Disney, but you know, we like sort of the darker parts of Disney. I think if Disney took that island and rebranded, called it something else, you would only find evidence of it being Discovery Island on like forums occasionally, maybe social media, TikTok, the conspiracy side of TikTok. And even underneath that, you would only hear about everything that went wrong on Discovery Island, like legitimately wrong, animal abuse, stuff like that like a layer down. I think Disney could successfully rebrand it. I'm very curious if they will. Why do we think that they have just up and left their parks in the past? Obviously, I think that there's reasons behind both with River Country, you know, in 2002, not being able to stand up to the success of Blizzard Beach. When they closed it the prior season in 2001, I'm sure they knew it wasn't really going to reopen. But With Discovery Island, again, probably bad press. Why did they leave buildings and lights and music? Like, why do they leave these places up and running like this, just seemingly abandoned? They also do the same thing with animatronics. Like, they don't destroy or get rid of their old animatronics. They'll just put them somewhere. That's how Buzzy was stolen. So I'm not sure what Disney's justification for that is, but it is across the board in things as small as props to things as large as parks. 
maybe it's more expensive to tear it down. Maybe they don't want the press of it being torn down. Like maybe that's an, a more of an acknowledgement of their failure than just leaving it kind of abandoned and quiet. Disney sort of just doesn't acknowledge when they do something wrong. So potentially having a bunch of construction and all these people, it also brings a lot of people to the island. Like if we are looking at a situation where there are all these animals that are still there, there's evidence that some shady stuff was going on. Maybe at River Country, there were brain eating amoebas in the water. Disney does not want people over there taking pictures, taking videos, talking to their friends about what they're seeing. I would imagine they literally are just trying to like, still to this day, keep it as hush hush as possible. That is so true. I think you put that so well. I had here as our last question, like what's the most disturbing urban legend right now about Disney? And we've talked about so many of them. I think that the idea that people continue to allegedly, potentially, supposedly die from things that happen at Disney, whether it's brain eating amoebas or drowning in the water or eating a peanut when they have an allergy to peanuts and just going into anaphylactic shock and dying on the property. I think that it's so crazy. No one ever dies at Disney. And I don't think anything can ever top that for me. It's scary because it's like, what is scarier than capitalism? You know, like that's, it's not like a ghost. (laughs) That's a real thing that like these people deaths are not being like accurately acknowledged because of the power of the mouse. I do think that's scarier than any abandoned park, haunted attraction, anything like that. I agree. Everyone, let us know what you're thinking about this. What part of this episode disturbed you the most? Why do you think Disney just leaves buildings and parks to rot? Let us know all over social media with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. For now, thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and by Deanna Markoff, Avi Gandhi, and Ed Simpson from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research provided by Yumi Shin. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor, better known as Snitchery. AKA the gruesome twosome.